I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome into the Daily Score. I am Mark Grody, and on today's show, we are going to zero in on and feature... Two very important Chicago Bears players this year, both of them on the offensive side of the ball, and both of them are making news. Cole Komet, the Bears tight end, heading into his fourth year with the team and in the NFL, earned himself a four-year, $50 million extension. We'll talk about Komet. Also, Chase Claypool who has definitely been a story lately, and that is because of the injuries that he had during the minicamp and the OTAs, which kept him out of those. And then right before training camp, he was placed on the physically unable to perform list, which was very alarming. He was taken off the PUP list. And then finally, finally, we got to watch Chase Claypool practice in full during the Bears' first full practice, which actually did go down indoors in the Walter Payton Center. And to help me break down these players, he is my partner out at Hallis Hall, score teammates. He is a writer for 670thescore.com. He, you hear him on the air occasionally here on uh, WSCR 670 The Score. And that man is Chris Emma. What's going on, Emma? How are you, buddy? You know, Grody, I'm honored to be here for a couple reasons, uh, one of which is that I believe this is, what, the third episode of The Daily Score, so it's, yeah. it's great to be uh, one of the first guests, if not the first guest, I believe, and number two, because you're going to spend the better part of six months sitting next to me here, so you're not trying to, like, <laughs> ease into it, you're not trying to, like, you know, just kind of make it a slow play here, you're ready to go, Let, let's go, man, we got six months, we got the Bears starting up here. I am ready to go, and you are, yes, you can call yourself the official first guest here on the daily score. Ray, do we have anything for him? Do we want to send him anything? Okay. Well, Ray Diaz, the, the executive producer of this show, he'll, he'll send you something. We've got stuff sitting around here. We've got this cardboard right here. Maybe we'll ship that right out to you. All right, Emma, how's that? Fantastic. Sound? Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's get into it, man. Let's, let's start with Chase Claypool and then we'll move on to Cole Komet, but Chase Claypool, not only practiced in full, but he also spoke to the media, and I thought that the most important parts about it were Chase Claypool kind of defending himself in regards to his work ethic. And I'll just read one quote here that that we heard, and I, I actually believe it was based on your question. You and I were both kind of in the same territory asking Chase Claypool questions, but the quote from Claypool was, it's the biggest year of my life, and I understand that. And if anyone thinks my work ethic isn't matching that, 
they are deeply mistaken. And Chris, he admitted that, you know, he, well, he said his family members brought to attention all the social media fuss and anxiety that was going on in regards to his injury. And of course, because he didn't, he underperformed last year, 14 yards for 140, or I should say 14 catches for 140 yards last year. Very disappointing considering what you gave up for him. But what did you make of Chase Claypool's comments today? I'd love to hear it. Yeah. And look, we all hear it in sports, right? The internal motivation that comes from these guys. And that's especially true for any player on a contract here, right? I mean, whether you're playing on a one-year deal, whether you're trying to prove it in this case for a guy in his fourth year, but consider the circumstances for Chase Claypool now. Like he broke out as a rookie with nine touchdowns. He was fantastic with the Steelers. Looked like he was going to be not just a star for the Steelers, but one of the premier receivers in this league. He's had three touchdowns since got cast aside by the Steelers who were looking to dump him off last year. The Bears bring in him believing that he can be that guy for Justin Fields. It didn't work out right away. Seven games, just 14 catches, 140 yards. He said no touchdowns. He did not find the end zone once. Now, consider he was out of sync with Justin Fields. He was out of sync with this offensive scheme, really trying to settle in and get acclimated. It was a really difficult and frustrating period for Chase Claypool. Then comes this offseason. He's put in a lot of work to, to try to get up to speed with this quarterback and with this scheme. The injuries have been setbacks. They've been frustrating for him, frustrating for the Bears. He's got to go prove it. He's got to go earn his place now. This is year four of a four-year rookie deal. He's trying to solidify that long-term future, whether it's with the Bears or somewhere else. This is the year where he proves, can I be that top-flight receiver or is I'm going to be cast aside by another team and playing for – you know, a third team in five years next year. And that's why it's important for him. He's got his entire football future really on the line. Yeah, most important year of his life. And then to your point, Chris, I mean, his first year in Pittsburgh in 2020, 62 catches, 873 yards and nine touchdowns. And in 2021, 59 catches, 860 yards and two touchdowns as well. So, you know, to to your point, this guy does have a resume of, some success, maybe, maybe obviously not the success that Pittsburgh had been, you know, hoping for from him, or they would not have traded him for a second round pitch, which or pick, which turned out to be Joey Porter Jr. But I know that one thing that you and I were talking about out at Hallis Hall too was another thing that Chase Claypool had said about using the flashcards and his learning process. And I know that you said that you might be writing something a little bit about that. T- tell us exactly uh, uh, what you were talking about. Well, yeah, about 670thescore.com if you do want to read it. But it, it, it's, it goes into what Chase Claypool is saying about nobody knows how, how hard I work. And anybody who's doubting me is respectfully wrong and that kind of thing. And he gave evidence to that. It started with this offseason uh, where he went on his own work. Now, this is the stuff aside from the building and away from the team where he put out flashcards. And he created every flashcard. He wrote the name of a play uh, on the front of it. And on the back side, he actually drew out the, the design and his route within it. And he would go out to the field, I think on his own at times, and then ultimately when he paired up with Justin Fields down in Florida and run through these plays. He would go through each play. He would read the play name. He would understand uh, on the back of the card what his route is. And if he didn't know it, if he didn't know exactly what the route was, he'd put that card aside. But then he'd get up and he'd physically run the actual route there and, and go through uh, the emotions of what his assignment is on that play. 
he also did work with uh, his own voice memos of putting together the name of the plays and his responsibilities on his iPhone and going through on his AirPods and understanding it. Uh, he really put in the extra mile to understand his role within this offense of what he needs to do. It speaks to the idea of what he's saying, that he's extremely motivated, that he this is the most important year of his life and his career, and he wants to make that kind of impression. I think he truly wants to be a part of the Bears long-term, but obviously he wants to be seen as that top-flight premier NFL receiver once again. He's got an opportunity now. He's got a quarterback he's in sync with. Uh, he's got a great chance now with the Bears, and he's got to go do it now. It's time to go prove it. Yeah, he, he caught a touchdown out of the slot um, in – in his first full practice from Justin Fields. That was nice to see. And I know that he's, you know, he worked out of the slot in Pittsburgh. Some, he, he didn't give it raving reviews. I remember talking to him in the locker room last year that he didn't necessarily like working out of the slot, but I mean, based on what we've seen just a little bit of, do you expect that, that, that is a place that could be a good spot for him to work him out of the inside sometimes? Yeah, yeah, I think you'll definitely see a lot of that. We also saw today Robert Tunyon was lining up on the outside. And yeah. when Matt Eberflus was asked about that. The word he used, he said mismatch. And that applies for Claypool in the slot just as much as it does Tunyon on the outside. Is they finding different wrinkles within this offense. We know the the motivation for the Bears, for Luke Gessie, to get this passing attack going. This was the top-ranked run offense in all football last year. Set a franchise record going over 3,000 yards. But the passing game stunk. It wasn't what it needed to be. There's a lot of reasons for that. We know the receivers, there wasn't a DJ Moore there. There wasn't a Claypool for half the season. There wasn't Darnell Mooney for a third of the season. Like, this is a better spot now for this receiving group. The offensive line's better for Fields, et cetera, et cetera. But you also got to create these opportunities within the scheme, and Fields has to take advantage of it. So, uh, yeah, like Iberflu said, you want those mismatches. You want to create a unique identity for this passing attack, and uh, Claypool's a big part of that. We heard Cole Komet say that today. Like this team needs Chase Claypool to go where it believes it can go. And specifically this offense and passing attack really needs Chase Claypool to go where it wants to go. That, that absolutely. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. We're going to talk about Cole Komet here in just a second, but real quick, do you think, do you see guys like Darnell Mooney you mentioned and maybe even Jalen Johnson, this is, you know, kind of as it pertains to Cole Komet getting his extension. Do you think that Mooney, now that he is seemingly healthy, do you think he's next up for an extension or do you think it's Jalen Johnson or am I missing a name? I, I think he could be either one. I, I don't know if there's another name. I mean, you know, Travis Gibson's eligible. I don't think they're going to give him that big deal. I, uh, Claypool's yeah. obviously eligible at a new year four, but he's got to go prove it. Uh, it's got to be one of Mooney or Jalen Johnson. I'd imagine, I don't know this for certain, I haven't you know, heard it from anybody uh, in the know, but I'd imagine that they're negotiating these things right now. Just as Komet's negotiations ran through the course of the offseason program in the last six weeks leading into training camp, uh, I, yeah, I'd imagine it's a fluid process with Jalen Johnson as well as Darnell Mooney. Now with Mooney, the, the case was they wanted to get him back on the field because he went through a long rehab. You want to see, does he still have the, the steps the right way? Can he make those quick cuts? Um, he needed to clear some kind of physical hurdles, and it sounds like he has to to some extent. Jalen Johnson, on the other hand, like 
that's your guy. That that's your number one corner. You believe in him. Uh, you love what he brings to the table. Um, I think the complication there is going to be uh, kind of sifting through what he's done on the field and what if you know. Do you want to pay him like that true number one corner? Even if the stat he doesn't show him is a true number one corner, but right. Performance does the tape does, and Jalen Johnson will knows him. He believes he's the number one corner. I, I, I'm curious if there's a, a, a divide between the two sides in these negotiations, or if they can bridge that gap at some point. Yeah, it's all all to be seen very soon. And I think one thing that potentially complicates it too is you know the rookie Tyreek Stevenson. You know, they want to get a look at him and see if maybe he's a difference maker. But let's let's talk about. Cole Komet, the the Bears tight end, local kid, gets a four-year, $50 million extension. And some of the details, according to Adam Schefter and Field Yates of ESPN, it includes $32.8 million guaranteed, also $20 million in first-year cash. Again, that's according to, to Schefter and Field Yates. Emma, what did you think about it? Happy for Cole Komet, like, you know, a guy who we, we all know his story. I don't know if you need to sift through it again, but, you know, local guy, guy who's been really embracing part of being this organization. And, and that was, I think, all three of these deals, including Johnson and Mooney as well, seemed apparent at some point. But Komet was such an obvious fit. You knew that that was going to happen at some point. Uh, this guy earned it. He had a breakthrough season. He had a career-high touchdowns last year. And that wasn't a coincidence. He saw him really establish himself as that red zone threat and a trusted target for Justin Fields. But he's also become a great blocker. We heard mm-hmm. him today say that that wasn't really a true part of his game as he entered the NFL, and he's made it a part of his game. He's one of the better inline blockers in all of football right now with that tight end position. And uh, that's a credit to him and his work ethic and what he's put into that role and what the Bears have gotten out of him now. I mean, uh, he's earned his place with his team for the long term not to mention the stuff you know in the locker room. He's a terrific guy, a great leader for this team. Uh, Matt Abrams was just a, tr- a true pro, a true leader, and a guy that they really count on. So it made so much sense. He obviously wanted to be there. The Bears wanted him to be there. They got it done. Yeah, last year, Komet, 50 catches, 544 yards, and seven touchdowns. And he really hasn't had that explosive breakout this guy is a star year, and I don't know if he's if he's going to become a star in the league. But I did think it was interesting listening to you know we had a chance to talk to Cole Komet, and you know he said he he knows that he's got a long way to go still that he has not reached his ceiling. I mean, he even was kind of making fun of himself like from his rookie year. He he actually said you know sometimes I look like an idiot out there on the field. So he knows that he's come a long way from his rookie year. And I also know that he probably doesn't think he has reached his his maximum. And I, I honestly, Chris, I hope he hasn't. Yeah, no, you're right. And I, look, I think anytime you get a, a tight end drafted in the first few rounds, you just say, maybe that's your Kelsey. Kelsey, maybe that's your kid or one of those guys. Like, I think you probably said a lot when Cole Komet was drafted too. I don't know if he's ever going to be that guy, but you know what he is right now. He proved what he can be. He's a great red zone target. He's a threat. Uh, in the passing game, when you get goal to, uh, goal to go, uh, not to mention one of mismatch keys in, in those situations on third down and short when you need to get the ball over the middle or get that trusted target. He and Justin Fields have a great rapport. And then what I mentioned about him as a blocker as well, he was such a key part of this running game. He came in the number one run game in the, in the league last year. Having him as a blocker, having him as an extension of the offensive line, that's huge. And he's such an important part of that running identity. And, 
So we'll, we'll see. Maybe there is more room for growth and he can continue to develop and become whatever you want him to be, whatever you want to imagine him to be. But what he is right now is a very good player worthy of that deal. And uh, I like what he said. He's like, look, I want to outperform this deal and really make this well worth it for this team. And be a bear for life. That would be nice. Right. I think that he would appreciate that. I think the most interesting thing, actually, Chris, was the the line of questioning in regards to the fact that he's he's impressed two different regimes, two different yeah. general managers. Ryan Pace was the one who drafted him. Ryan Poles is the one that gave him the money. Doesn't usually work that way. Yeah, it, it's a testament to him. And you can say the same for the other two guys, if you want, if if and when they get those deals done, for Jalen yeah. Johnson and Darnell Mooney, uh, tip your cap to Ryan Pace and his brass. Like I know they they took their uh, their flack and they certainly deserved it for the missteps along the way. But that draft now, that 2020 draft was an impossible scouting process where uh, there was no or the NFL Combine there there were no pro days, there was no this and that. Uh, it was such a struggle to get medical information. There was so much that went into that draft that made it. One of the, I think you ask any scout, they'll say it's by far the most difficult and grueling draft that they had to prepare for. The Bears got a bunch of really good players in that draft without a first-round pick. They got Kamenda yeah. Johnson in the second. Darnell Mooney is a fifth-round pick. Travis Gibson's been a nice player out of the fifth round. Um, I mean, they, they did pretty well in terms of getting some potential core pieces out of this draft. And it, like I said, if and when, I do believe it will, will be when that they get Johnson and Mooney locked up as well. Maybe it's in the next few weeks or months. But when they do that, uh, look, you got three core players out of a really tough draft. Chris, I got to go, but I think people should follow you at CEMMA670. That's the place to follow him on Twitter. And I just got to say, I was just thinking about this during the podcast as you you were giving your answers. You're the best guest we've ever had on this show. Oh, man. Great work, man. <laughs> we'll see how long that lasts, but I appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you, Chris Emma, for coming on. I'll see you out at Hell's Hall, buddy. Take care. Yep, that is Chris Emma. And follow him at CMA670, writes for 670thescore.com. You should check out what he's going to be writing about um, Chase Claypool. He gave me a little preview today, and it sounded really good. And Cole Komet kind of intertwining the guys, the guys' lives who, you know, as Emma pointed out to me, Chase Claypool, that was somebody the Bears were considering. They went with Cole Komet instead, and both guys have kind of gone in different directions, but Emma will spell it out in his article. Thank you for listening today. For our executive producer, Ray Diaz, I'm Mark Grody, and we will talk to you soon on The Daily Score.